Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in today's growth. Today, we've got another entrepreneur, um, an entrepreneur that I've known for probably a year now. Um, and started talking with her recently about being on the podcast. Certainly excited to bring you um, Aru Anavaker. She is the co-founder of a startup here called Bot Splash. So today's podcast is going to focus a little bit on a little bit more on Aru and who she is and how she got to where she is today. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about her co-founder, which is actually her husband, Ramu. Um, so we um, dive into you know a little bit of their education background. We dive into what brought them to Charlotte. Um, we talk a little bit. They've had side hustles in the past, so I wanted to kind of figure out how they've traditionally determined what's worth pursuing and what isn't. In other words, why do they decide this was a side hustle worth really starting to take at. Um, you hear a little bit about um, Aru's entrepreneurial spirit. She started a couple of different things here in Charlotte from um, networking groups and uh, meetups and everything else, and then obviously her own company. Um, she's gotten her MBA, so I wanted to kind of get a feel for what that's been like in helping her with the startup. She's worked with the banks. Um, in big institutions. I wanted to learn what she got from that. And if she had to go back to that, what would she take with her? Um, With that in mind, I wanted to find out if she ever would be willing to go back to a big institution now that she's an entrepreneur. Is that spirit and bug 100% in her? Um, And then they've, they've got a small child too. So I wanted to talk to her about what that experience has been like for um, for their child as as well as just the financial aspect of it, right? There, you've got two um, two parents that are in a startup, so income's really limited. So how do they prepare for it? How do they view it and things like that? So really, just a back and forth conversation with the rule and I on what brought her here, and then also some of the aspects of of being an entrepreneur with the family. So really good discussion today. I hope you enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed getting to know her a little bit better, and I'm glad to bring this part to you on the Charlotte Angel Connection. So, Rue, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, William. We, um, we've we talked a little bit via email and LinkedIn here over the course of the last couple months, mm-hmm. and excited finally to get here face-to-face with you. So, um, you've got a, a good story to tell. You've got a, a young startup that's probably two years old. Um but before we get into the startup aspect of it, let's start in a little bit on you. So can you give us kind of a quick two two to three minute overview on Aru and what got you to where we are today? Maybe not necessarily Packard Place Basement, um, <laughs> but Bot Splash as a startup. Sure. So um, the whole journey started probably in 2004. Okay. That's when I came into the country, got my master's at UNC Greensboro. Okay. Moved on with one goal of being a developer and a software engineer all my life. <laughs> Started out with the bank, then moved into lending tree. Fast forward, um, I decided over the lane that business seemed more interesting, business and sales, because 
they were the ones deciding what the future and vision of the company should be. Yeah. So I got intrigued, went for my master's, I mean MBA at Wake Forest, okay. got my business degree, got back into lending tree on the business side. Again, fast forward five years down, I was like, I want to start my own startup. Let's get started. So my husband had already ventured out the startup with Botsplash. So I joined him a year later and October 2017, we were both on Botsplash trying to take it to the market. Fantastic. So um, want to focus on Botsplash more on part two of the episode, but tell us a little bit about what it is. What uh, what problem are you trying what problem are you solving? Sure. So if you look at the nature of uh, businesses today, they need digital um, presence at all times, like be it on Facebook, be it on the website, at all places. With Botsplash, what we try to do is get business agents, such as insurance providers or mortgage lenders or realtors, to engage with customers instantly on the channel that the customers are. So one example I'll give is a realtor could be running ads on Facebook, rather than the consumers looking at an ad, clicking it, navigating to website, or probably losing their path in between or being disinterested, we power up Facebook messengers so that agents can directly chat from our portal into Facebook Messenger. So we provide a software as a service platform where agents can sit on one platform and engage via multiple channels. Is it better for small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses, or is it something that can be utilized on all fronts? So we started out last year with small businesses Mm -hmm. because our focus was they are the ones who need technology the most. Um, As we ventured out later in the year of, um, later in 2017, we thought the problems were same for mid-sized to large businesses. At LendingTree, I've worked personally with mid-sized to large businesses like lenders and um, most of them have the same problem. A lead comes in, they don't engage immediately or they don't have the right tools to engage immediately. Most of it is via phone calls. So that's when I realized the niche space is in medium to large scale business. And we've pivoted since early this year to concentrate more on enterprise businesses. Okay, gotcha. So um, so you joined your husband, Ramu, mm-hmm. um, in 2017 with Bots Flash. Um, did y'all meet at UNC Greensboro? Did you meet here in um, Charlotte? Did you come to the U.S. together, or um, a little bit of background there, if you don't mind. Sure, he would love this section. We did meet at UNC Greensboro. Okay. We were studying together. He joined six months before okay. I joined, and he graduated six months after. So I have no clue why it took him a huh. year more. But uh, he's yes. not here to defend himself. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> a fair statement. <laughs> so uh, yes, we met at school, and uh, I think. What we enjoyed most about each other is we just loved working together from the very start. Okay. And it's... Um, so he did the same thing, right? He was developing yes. um, computer science at UNC Greensboro? Yes. Okay. And he continued the part of technology. Um, on my side, I somehow got more intrigued with business side. So yeah. I moved on and changed my paths. Okay. But it's surprising. It took us all, all these years since 2004 to finally work together. Yeah. So, no, um, well, a, a, Outside a, of home. Yeah, a, a brave thing to do for sure. 
Um, so you end up having him as a technical co-founder, mm-hmm. um, and then you also have the technical capacity, but you're focusing a little bit, not a little bit more, almost probably totally on the business development and mm-hmm. sales side. Um, so you finished up UNC Greensboro and you moved straight down here to Charlotte? I worked at Winston-Salem at Wachovia. Okay. And I worked locally too as interns for, uh, at Greensboro. Mm-hmm. In 2009, we, or 2008, we moved to um, Charlotte for his job. Yep. And that's when I started out looking around. Now, was he also on the bank side of the business or did he work no. for different types of businesses? He did consulting okay. for a long time and then joined a startup in the area. Okay. Um, that's... Yeah. Was that his kind of first bug? Is I mean, working for a startup is that kind of what got him interested in um, in developing it his own, or what was kind of the catalyst to get Bot Splash up off the ground? So over the years, we've always done like side projects. Mm-hmm. One of the things we did was a game app to uh, about two years ago for our daughter. Mm-hmm. So that so we've always been inventing and trying out different things. With Box Splash, the whole goal was let's take it to production. Okay. We have experimented, sidelined, forgotten about it. And the whole thing about Box Splash was we have a business opportunity. We also have a niche space that we can serve. And the market seems to be ready right in time. Um, had we started Box Splash maybe three years ago or four years ago and put this concept, it might have been a little harder to get traction. But right, we said... The timing is right. Let's go ahead and take it to full production. Okay. Um, how have you kind of sourced what's a a decent side hustle and what's not, right? And because there's there because there two point five million people in Charlotte right now. Mm-hmm. They probably all at some point in time over the course of the last forty eight to seventy two hours had some crazy off the wall ideas. Like, man, that would be. A nice product to have, or I wish this worked. How do you kind of how do you kind of source through what works and what doesn't work, or have you just kind of tinkered until you've got to an ending point? Kind of the latter, like you tinker until you got to an ending point, as well as talking to people, and that's kind of what I enjoy. So every time there's a new idea, I run it with a few of my best friends and colleagues, and try to or run it through the news, like what's going on in the trends, what's happening. What's changing? Consumer experience or customer engagement is biggest right now. Uh, There was a time where just buying a lead and trying to convert was everything. We are now at a place where engaging with the lead in real time or in the shortest time possible is of highest importance. And that's where we are driving towards. Um, So when there's a good balance of the idea that you have in your mind and you do have the execution bandwidth and resources and there's a market need for it i think once those things fall in line you decide let's move ahead with this and let's not just uh, put it to the side burner did you come from an entrepreneurial family maybe <laughs> it's hard like yeah. my my dad definitely is extremely entrepreneurial yeah um i did not look to him, up to him, yeah. Uh, as to how he did, but I think the genes and mindset just flow in. Like you observe how he discusses at dinner times or what his conversations are. So, like it or not, based on what you're surrounded with, you just come through it. 
Okay. Ramu, same thing. Was the entrepreneur, I mean, you know, it's um, to tinker and then start, um, you know, that's not everybody does it right. I mean, I just mentioned 2.5 million people in Charlotte have had an idea in the last mm-hmm. week, and probably one of them at best will execute on it. So Ramu has been more of a theoretical and implementation person. Mm-hmm. He enjoys working, yeah. just working and making it build. He doesn't much care if it's being put to use. So that's where that's, our, where, you that's where we <laughs> yeah. we have our love and section. That that's where we participate. I have a personal space which I enjoy, yeah. and he doesn't much um, care about it. And he's got his personal space where he loves building, and it's it's a good handoff of where he builds and keeps, and I take it forward. What's been the benefit of the Wake Forest MBA? Um, over the course of the last two years? Has it been helpful from a networking perspective? Was it the education in and of itself? Um, I mean, I know it's provided a a nice foundation Mm -hmm. at bare minimum, um, but what have you taken out of it as you start to build out Bot Splash here? A lot of things. Um, First off, uh, it gives you the ability to talk. Like most, Most of the times you are ready to make a change, but you're not certain because at some point you need like an endorsement saying, yes, you are ready. So if people are seeking out for education, one of my um, thought would be you can either pay to a school and understand all the things that you'd be exposed to for your business Mm -hmm. or your career path, or secondly, use that fees and just invest in yourself and see how it sticks. Both may work, may not work, but especially for me, I think going the path of Wake Forest education was extremely important because I internally knew there were things I wanted to explore, but I did not know how I would explore on myself. Okay. So those classes, the meeting with professors, meeting in a classroom with so many different age groups and different experiences with classmates, it just helped me understand that there is a path out there which I need to start exploring. and. When I started with the exploration, things that I had learned in school helped me with making the connections faster, speaking the same business language, if I may say. Had I stepped out right from technology and tried to be the business analyst or a sales analyst, it would have probably been much tougher. Okay. So um, you're starting a different type of MBA program right now, which is the startup MBA program. Um, how much is how much is how much of it's different, right? How um, I mean, there's certainly different languages. There's different. I mean, numbers are numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it equipped you. But how much have you been kind of surprised by the difference in actually trying to get a startup off the ground versus um, what's taught in school? Most of it sort of coincides. Mm-hmm. What is not taught in school is a definite um, period of time when the sales cycle ends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you never know. Like it, And uh, dealing with disappointments. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that you just learn with experience. Um, but most of it is self-learning and self-experience. One thing that helps going to school is you understand the patterns, especially subjects like soft skills, like negotiations. Mm -hmm. You understand like 
spinning out a good story or trying to step into other person's shoes and trying to understand. Those things are practiced during the program, like you have uh, role-playing classes and those things. So those definitely help. And yeah. I feel more comfortable doing that thing now. Uh, even when I went back to Learning Tree after my business degree, the first few months were pretty tense because I didn't know what words to use, what I'm supposed to stop talk it, it it was terrible but over time you understand you stitch together what you've learned at school and you bring it to work okay so same with business you you go back and subconsciously realize you're using what you've learned at school so you work for the banks for a period of time too so um and banks have been stubbornly slow to adopt technology over the um last 2000 years <laughs> <laughs> um, but did it help kind of prepare you to step out? I mean, do you feel, do you, because of that stubbornly slow adoption rate, do you feel, um, kind of better, better prepared and talking to large enterprises about what their challenges are and stuff like that? Um, or was it really just, a, um, I learned some neat stuff in the bank about technology and other things. Um, where do the banks kind of help you? The enterprise aspect of banks definitely help because while banks are slow, they do carry a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like our whole goal with Bot Splash is how do we respect the regulation, compliance and risk that enterprises and banks carry, yeah. but still enable them to be forward, technologically forward. So it's it has to be balanced. Like you can't be a startup and say, you know what, we are going to impact so many lives we'll forget the risk and security we'll deal with it later it has to all come in a package so that it the way we are uh, placed with bot splash today the bank experience was highly important had i not had a bank experience or for the last 10 years if i was um, purely on a small scale startup my thinking and abilities or approach to problems and solutions would have been different. Okay. Even when I came out of bank and joined LendingTree, when I joined, it was a pretty small company. It was 10 years, but still a pretty small size company. From there to what they are today, they are a large enterprise, the risk has risen. Um, the projects definitely are slower because you have to evaluate what to put forward versus what not to. So that has also helped me understand how LendingTree was as a startup. It still has a startup culture today, but the extent of people involved in the job and the projects that are taken up are evaluated high, highly at the risk factor before implementing. So same thing with uh, Bot Splash. When we provide solutions to our clients, we take into aspect what the client's risk factors might be, what securities they might need, and how much of customization they might need. So both experiences have helped me up. So let's assume that mm -hmm. you you sell Bot Splash five years from now because we'll take the positive side of it. Okay. Um, and you're 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 looking around the world for something else to do. Um, do you look back to an enterprise type environment? Um, in other words, do you want to go work for a big company again, or are you forever an entrepreneur now? I'd like to stay an entrepreneur forever. Okay. Yeah. At least for now. Um, why is that? I mean, I know why, but why? <laughs> tell me why. A, the flexibility of what you can at least visualize and vision mm -hmm. forward for the company. Um, second, again, 
I think I'm still a little bit averse on restrictions. Yeah. Um, if you look at my resume, you'll see I've moved places every two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So that to me itself says I seek change. I seek innovation. I seek for something that is forward facing. Yeah. Um, going into a large enterprise might not be bad based on where I may get placed. Mm -hmm. If it's an R&D or innovation department, sure, why yeah. not? So it just has to be a mix where I can keep my entrepreneurial skills and creativity active while going through what needs to be done for either a small startup or a big place. If you went back, and I know the restrictions inside of a banking environment, but if you if you had to go, I say had, mm -hmm. um, and I'll reiterate, we love the banks here in Charlotte, right? Um, but if you had to go back into a banking environment, having been on the entrepreneur side for the last two years um, and beyond, mm -hmm. what would you take back into that environment or into that role? In other words, what have you learned today that you'd be able to apply directly into those institutions? Breaking down of solutions, like chunking it, like every projects could be as large as you want. It could be five years, but you put together one brick at a time. Yeah. So the biggest thing um, I would take is chunking it down, like understanding what's the most valuable piece you want to put together and putting a larger vision and roadmap so that you grow incremental and not like bucket everything for a big uh, splash or a big uh, implementation. So that's something I think startups bring a lot or people involved in startups and it could be like a um, investor raised startup or any startup right you are expected to show growth in increments yeah so that's something which most enterprises some enterprises do it right but larger banks i think that's where it gets missed because you have like 25 30 people on one project and it's not broken down or the pieces are not connected properly yeah no they overspend on projects overspend. Yeah. you have five people for one person's job which yeah. is okay yeah. but still yep uh, absolutely now you have children yes you do six year old okay so um here you are you're both tied mm -hmm. to a startup raising a six-year-old um how's that been she gets the life's most valuable lesson to respect spending <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean a lot of no's? Yeah. A lot of no's. Yeah. Uh, it's to a point where she determines if the answer is going to be a no. And then, yeah. Yeah. A lot of no's. And she understands it. I'm, I'm surprised she gets it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of no's. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but how do you juggle it, right? I mean, kids aren't easy. Um, they have a demand on time. They do different things. Mm -hmm. um, she's now in school, I would imagine. She's which... at a summer camp. Yeah. The one thing that we have planned during her summer vacation is no vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this year is going to be a tough year for her. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, it's a good year too, right? I mean, they get It's a to... good year too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so y'all talk about the business around her all the time. 24-7. So, um, do you, is there anything you can throw her bite size to get her involved, or is it she too young at this stage in the ball game? No, she comes to work with us whenever possible. Um, I also run a local uh, tech meetup called Charlotte Bots and AI. Mm -hmm. She's present at the Bots and AI meetup. She decides to listen in, capture what she knows. 
she does understand enough of her business that she could give a six minute pitch yeah so she's pretty involved um she we have introduced like coding and technology to her mm-hmm. so she seems interested nothing of force right we'd like to exp- expose her to different items and see what she likes the biggest thing that we give to her is our time yeah so time is most most valuable and she does enjoy time with us but we make sure like family time is put aside weekdays weekends so whenever we are together we make sure to make the best use of time um this one person in a family going to start a startup um has some risk right because mm-hmm. you you take um a two income household and you eliminate one of those sources of income um two people going to different startups <laughs> has a different level of risk because um you know there's not as much income as if you would have been working for a big enterprise two people going to work for the same startup has a different level of risk as well right how mm-hmm. did y'all make that decision to from a financial perspective that a um it's okay and then b this is how long we're going to run it so definitely right we marked our savings with a red line and said if god forbid it hits that red line we both go get jobs that okay. was like the initial thing i love the line of the song <laughs> that's a great concept yeah, it all the time it's yeah it's not even sand but still, <laughs> it's, it's much harder than sand because you don't want it washed away you don't want to reach that um the other thing was you evaluate and check like are you better prepared today or are you financially better prepared 10 years later yeah your mind probably says i would use 10 years and save more and be prepared but you never know what happens tomorrow so for us it was like if i can risk today and work 10 more years if things go bad it's much tougher than i starting to experiment 10 years later and then working future yeah so it, it was all about let's take a leap let's see how it sticks and i think both were mentally determined to take this forward and the timing matters all like let's take this forward let's see how what things work out one thing with financial risk is you can only save that much it all comes down to how you decide to spend yes so uh, we've been pretty frugal of how we spend from uh, one example would be our daughter has not had a big birthday party in 6 years okay, yeah. it's something like we didn't think it matters or or taken a big vacation so we've been frugal with our financial decisions and uh, we'd like to continue and we've cut down more in these nick in these uh two years and uh, it's all about taking it forward from there so there's different levels of risk right you risk um Yeah, a lot of people see enterprise working for an enterprise institution as risk-free and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden they announce 5000 layoffs and um you start to panic for the next 2 weeks as to you know whether or not I'm going to be laid off. So um you know with the startup I don't want to say you control your own risk but you see it a little bit more, right? That that's exactly right. And um, one other thing is I I don't know how many people realize it when you work for an enterprise or a company or when you're employed with a regular paycheck end of the day somewhere you're still an employee you could get hit by a bus or you could just lose the partnership yeah 
same thing with the company like a company could make a bad decision and go bankrupt or they could just downsize you yes so no matter what it is it's an exchange of you give your services you take your paycheck it's always like an exchange but with a startup it's like growing your own like taking care of your own child you monitor it you see it going up you see it going down you fix it <laughs> Hopefully. You discipline it. Yeah, yeah. So yes, the stakes are high, but at the same time, the returns make you much happier, even if it's a small return. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, gosh. Um, on the as you as you continue to look forward, and we're getting ready to kind of take a break, and we'll come back to pod, uh, uh, podcast number two, and we'll talk about uh, a lot more about Bot Splash mm-hmm. and kind of its future. Um, but as you continue to look forward and think through the business, um, if things don't go well, will you life support it where one of, one of you will go get another job while you kind of continue to tweak or will it be one of those things? Do you have two lines or is it one line? So, you know, William, we've not got to that part. Yeah. yeah. That's um, a good thing then, right? Yes. Yeah. That's so, so far where we've been, it is pretty promising mm-hmm. and we do have a, let me say solid pipeline yeah. of uh, sales that we are trying to explore. Mm-hmm. So, so far we've not hit a point of how we'll handle it. Yeah. Uh, God forbid we hit there. I just don't know. It'll, it, it would be a decision of... You're on the positive side, not the negative oh, side. Extremely, okay. extremely. I think um, even when I hit any negative lows, it just doesn't stick in my mind. I mean, yeah. sometimes I wonder if, like, what were the most worst things that happened in your life? I just don't recall them. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, well, good deal. No, I mean, it's been, um, I've enjoyed kind of, I always enjoy the first part. I mean, the second part is fun too, right? I mean, um, I enjoy learning about the business direction mm-hmm. um, and kind of bouncing back and forth there as far as strategy goes and everything else. Okay. But I always learn, um, or I always enjoy learning about the, the person first, so... Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more um, in the first part of this podcast today. So thanks for thanks for setting aside some time, or I guess an hour, hour and a half with me today. I certainly look forward to catching up here on part two with Bot Splash in just a few minutes. Thank you. Again, great interview with Aru. Really enjoyed her. Um, you get a sense that she has a really good grasp on where she is, and where she wants to go, and how she's going to get there. But one of the neat things is we'll pick up next week um, and we'll start talking about the business. So one of the cool things that you learn in in next week's podcast is, yes, yeah, she knows where she wants to go, or I guess uh, they know where they want to go. She and her husband know where they want to go with the business. They're also flexible in it. Um, they understand that, you know, the market is going to help dictate where they're going. They understand that the the bot space is a uh, a growing space one that's trying to find its own little market and as they've created something that fits in that they've got to be willing to you know quote unquote bob and weave a little bit so next week's a really good podcast as we talk about the business side of things i enjoyed it um and certainly hope that you stick around and learn more about them as they they've had one large pivot so what does that pivot look like why do they make it um 
and then you know view out and, and see what their world might look like over the course of the next uh, I don't know six or twelve months. Uh, you know, happily report. I think they're on a good track. They've got some nice companies that are looking at them. They're building out their pipeline. So I think we're going to be able to turn back around here in the next couple of years and, and look at BotSplash as another success in the Charlotte startup scene. So hope you enjoyed today and certainly hope you stick around for next week's podcast as well. So thanks so much for dialing in to the Charlotte Angel Connection. <laughs> William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.